Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Uh-oh, the baseball olds are back again. The unwritten rules are being enforced. And today's subject of vitriol, the White Sox, your mean Mercedes, who had the goal to hit a home run last night. Unwritten rules, so dumb. Coquel hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Here we go. The Army of Baseball Traditionalists. They have taken up arms today, and they have a new enemy. They have a new source for their anger, and he's a big, beefy slugger with the Chicago White Sox. Your mean Mercedes today meet the baseball olds because your mean is Bush League. Ken Levick alive. Here on ESPN 106.3. It's Tuesday, right, Coquel? Unless I'm... Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, no. I don't even know what day it is ever. Yeah, I think it's Tuesday. We're coming to you from the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios. Day two, no farm animals. <laughs> uh, what does that even mean? Uh, we interviewed a horse last week. True. We raced pigs. So True. Trying to get through a couple... We're told we have to get five days without a farm animal-themed uh, segment. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, from an animal standpoint... The Lions uh, head coach, Dan Campbell, is not going to allow us to do that this week. Not a farm animal, though. True, exactly. Not a farm animal, so we're good. Very true. We are right off the intracoastal, and uh, so we're here with you until 1 o'clock. Well, last night in Minneapolis, the team with the best record in baseball, the Chicago White Sox, rolled in and absolutely clubbed the Twins 16-4. to It was a thrashing. The White Sox are doing all of this without their entire starting outfield. Uh, injuries have besieged them. They did it also without their defending American League MVP, Jose Abreu. They're just playing good baseball. But the star of the season for the Chicago White Sox has been a guy who is a rookie at 28 years old, and his name is Yermin Mercedes. He was just sort of a throw-in into spring training. He was just by happenstance thrown into the starting lineup uh, when the White Sox opened the season against the Angels, but he's now hitting above 370, and we are on May 18th. It's extremely impressive. It is arguably the best story. Him and Shohei Otani are the best stories of the baseball season to this point. Yermin Mercedes also has never met a pitch that he didn't like, whether it's right down the middle, whether it's on the corners, whether it's out of the strike zone, or whether it's thrown 47 miles an hour like it was last night. And that brings us to the ninth inning last night. It's a 15-4 game. Your mean Mercedes is at the plate for the White Sox. Because it's 15-4, the Twins have thrown up the white flag, and they have put in catcher Williams Astudio Wait. into the game. Who? Catcher? Williams Astudio is a catcher. And he was? He was pitching. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he was put in because the Twins were being absolutely thrashed last night. Well, your mean Mercedes worked it to a 3-0 count. Against, again, a catcher who's pitching. Williams Astudio just throws an EFIS pitch. 
47 miles an hour on 3-0 in a 15-4 game. The White Sox on top and the White Sox slugger, your mean Mercedes, is at the plate. And this happened. Going back is Ref Schneider still going back. And he has given up a home run to your mean Mercedes on a 3-0 pitch. Does it matter? He swung away on 3-0? I don't. I don't like it now. I mean, at fifteen to four, I you know I don't like it. You're gonna you're gonna get the same pitch after this. I I don't like it. But forty seven miles per hour. The curmudgeony, angry call on Bally Sports North last night. So wait, you're talking about a game where I've heard my and I love my stepdad to death, but I've heard him pull the old older white male. Um, run it down the line every time you step between the lines. Make sure you hustle. That game we're talking about, you're not supposed to swing in a, a pitch that you know you can hit a home run on. Like, what's the delineation? Because are, are we trying every time we step between the lines? Because it's been a while since I played baseball, but I'm pretty sure the batter's box has lines, right? Well, Coquel, so we step between the lines. You're not taking into account the unwritten rules. And so the unwritten rules state that up 15-4, to four, it's actually a, a chapter, 3-0 pitch. Yeah, there, yeah, there's, there are chapters to the unwritten rules, uh, and you have a position player pitching. You just take that pitch and take the walk. That's what the unwritten rules would say, okay? Or just don't swing on 3-0 and and so work out the rest of the event. What is the difference between 1-0 and 3-0? Like, why does that matter? If he got that same pitch, 1-0, is he, or does he have to take a strike? Are we sitting there until we take a strike? What What are we doing? What is the difference? That, in theory, is what the unwritten rule states, is that on 3-0, and just take a pitch. Because so, the pitcher's going to try and throw a strike. Work the count to your advantage, and then don't use the advantage that you worked the count to get there. Well, Mike Greenberg sees your questions about this, and Mike Greenberg, who you just heard talking about this about 20 minutes ago on ESPN 106.3, Mike Greenberg completely disagrees with you. He said that what Yermin Mercedes did last night, swinging for the fences on a 47-mile-an-hour pitch on 3-0, thrown by a catcher in a 15-4 game, was Bush League. Called it, quote, Bush League. Mike Greenberg's quote, not mine. Your mean Mercedes, who leads the American League in hitting. Your mean Mercedes, whose team was up 15 to 4 in the ninth inning, facing a pitcher on the mound, a pitcher who threw a 47 mile an hour pitch, and Mercedes softballed it. I mean, golfed it out of there. And the you didn't hear it on the TV highlight, but when you watch it, he hit this thing about 435 feet to straightaway center field. I mean, he waited on it, and he clubbed it on so, so it, was a, it was a fun moment for the fans. But it was a violation of the unwritten rule. But it was something that fans could laugh and have a good moment at, whether they're at the ballpark or at home watching or listening on the radio. They can have a fun moment with that home run. Because yep. a catcher's pitching, he threw it 47 miles an hour. So the only parts of that are that are going to be fun are if he strikes out and everybody laughs at him or if it's an absolute bomb. And he hit a bomb, but we're not supposed to enjoy that. Now he's a bad guy. He should have struck out. And he probably has in his contract incentives for how many home runs he hits. But you know what? I don't want to break an unwritten rule because I might upset Mike Greenberg. Get out of here, Greeny. Did your mean Mercedes 
having a green light on 3-0 against a catcher pitching with his team up nine, uh, 11 runs in the ninth inning. Was that Bush League last night? Him swinging for the fences with his team up 11, facing a 3-0 pitch from a catcher. Was that Bush League last night? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at the show at ESPN West Palm. It is hilarious when things like this happen. Because whether it's bat flipping, or whether it is pimping your home run, or whether it is swinging away at 3-0 on a pitch from a position player who's only in the game because previously the team that enjoys a 15-4 lead has absolutely taken it to your club And that's the type of reaction you're going to get from the baseball olds. And you heard it on the TV clip. In fact, Coquel, let's listen to that clip from Bally Sports North one more time. The home run call. Just listen to the disdain. Listen to the anger. Just the seething, bubbling fury that you can hear over your mean Mercedes ignoring the unwritten baseball rule again your mean mercedes hitting a home run on 3-0 last night getting the green light with a catcher pitching to him with the white Sox up 15 to 4 just listen to this anger last night going back is ref snyder still going back and he has given up a home run to your mean mercedes on a 3-0 pitch does it matter? He swung away on three and zero. Uh, I don't. I don't like it. I don't like now. it. I mean, at fifteen to four, I, I, you know, I don't like it. I you're going gonna to get the same pitch after this. I. I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't know. Forty-seven miles per hour. By the way, 47 miles an hour since they started tracking that. That is the slowest pitch ever hit for a home run in Major League Baseball history. It's glorious. And again, hearing it doesn't do it justice because. Uh, 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 William Astudito is not a small man at all. Jermaine Mercedes is not a small man at all. So you have thick pitcher throwing to thick hitter, and it was an explosive conclusion. Absolutely glorious. Is what Jermaine Mercedes did, Bush League, swinging away on 3-0. What would you do? And also, should the Twins be throwing at Jermaine Mercedes today to send a message? Should the Twins be throwing today your mean Mercedes to send a message about what he did last night? Was that Bush League? Was that unprofessional? Was that unbefitting of sportsmanship last night? Did your mean Mercedes violate proper sportsmanship protocols? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Personally, Coquel, I love it. Not just because I'm a White Sox fan, but also you come up to the plate, and you made a good point about incentives in contract. Let's make this abundantly clear. And, we, and we've tweeted the home run from the Grand Champions Twitter feed at ESPN West Palm. So you can see it in all its softballish glory. Um, but this is a guy who is a virtual no-name. No one knew who this guy was until this season. And now he's on the verge. I mean, again, he is hitting in the upper 300s on May 18th. That does not happen. He's going to be around for a batting title. His life changes if he is a rookie who's making league minimum right now, wins a batting title, and he's got 
a 10 to 15 million dollar contract on the line. He's a guy who could make a get a long-term deal somewhere, re-up with the White Sox. He is in the middle of a dream season, but he's supposed to go up there and take a pitch. I don't care who's throwing it. I don't care how slow they're throwing it. I don't care what the score is. You're in the batter's box. You have a bat in hand. Your objective is to hit a baseball. He hit a baseball last night and it elicited that angry reaction it has Mike Greenberg calling him Bush League and that folks that folks is why baseball has trouble transcending age and why there's a generation gap in the sport because of reactions like that that still exist on a regular basis I don't care if it's Bryce Harper walking it down the line I don't care if it's Fernando Tatis tossing his bat 37 feet into the air after a home run get a clue The unwritten rules are dead. Nobody who's worth anything in any demographic wants to hear about them any longer. And you're doing fans and you're doing the the paying audience and the viewing and listing audience a disservice if you are going to admonish someone like your mean Mercedes for hitting a home run last night. Think about how silly that sounds. Come on. And then on Twitter, Coquel, I'm seeing people that are ripping him for getting across the plate and pointing to the sky. Like, oh, great accomplishment. You hit a home run off of a catcher. Get back in the dugout. This is the only sport that has this problem. The only sport that has this problem where it's commonplace for the fan and probably for people in that White Sox clubhouse to punish someone for doing their job professionally. I just don't understand it. I don't understand the hate. I don't understand the, him pointing to the sky, which is probably something, and I, I'm just going to guess it's some sort of religious or lost loved one, the whole pointing to the sky. Yeah, is what and you who think cares? There. And he probably does it after every single home run, mm-hmm. no matter what the score is, yes. because it's something he believes in that he's dedicated his career towards. And you're going to rip him for that because of baseball. Didn't the Twins insult baseball more by having a catcher pitch? Like, that's what I'm just thinking about. They're saying he's insulting the game by pointing to the sky and hit a home run. What about the sanctity of the game by having a catcher pitch? That's true. Like, doesn't that yeah. insult the game more? Isn't that You've got a role? whole bullpen like, of pitchers. Pitchers should pitch? Yeah. yeah, that's their job. That's their job. And so you're And being... I'm cool with... Let me get this straight, too. I'm cool with the catcher pitching. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's fun. Yes. It's funny. I wouldn't have... If you came in here talking about your second-rate City White Sox... And and them their game last night. If there wasn't a Best catcher pitching, I wouldn't have wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have cared. Maybe if we were talking some Marlins baseball, I would have got into it down here in South Florida. But no, I'm not talking about that. St. Lucie Mets baseball, I'm all for it. Second rate city White Sox, wouldn't have cared. A catcher pitching, I was like, wait, what? I'm in. That's fun. That's the fun part. But if they just let him get the outs, then it's not fun. This, then it's over. Uh, a homer, a bomb off a fat catcher is what makes baseball great. See, and you're exactly right. Like it's it's fun. And down here especially in this area, we're one of the few places in the country, Palm Beach County, the Treasure Coast, that can talk a good amount of baseball. Because down here, there's a lot of baseball fans, whether they're transplants from the Northeast, whether they're Chicagoans. Uh, this is just an interesting, interesting area because there are baseball fans of all ages that have different perspectives on this. But we've got to stop with the unwritten rules and the declaration of Bush League. It completely undercuts the sport. And I listened to Mike Greenberg a couple of weeks ago bemoan 
the fact that baseball isn't what it used to be from a popularity standpoint and wondering how can we get it back to its former glory. And then he's going to come out today and he is going to, on our air, on ESPN 106.3, declare that a guy who's in the middle of a uh, uh, the race for the batting title. A who's never the had this? Title. Okay, but he's never had this opportunity. He's a rookie. He's been. He has been wallowing away in the lowest levels of minor league baseball, unaffiliated minor league baseball for years and years and years and years and years and years and years. He gets up to the the big leagues and he's crushing the ball. And we're going to call him Bush League for getting into the game. He didn't put the catcher in the game to pitch. He contributed to the fifteen to four deficit the Twins faced. That's on the Twins. That's not on your main Mercedes. And he got up there, and he got a pitch to hit. It was a meatball, and he crushed it. That's baseball, folks. That's baseball. There's nothing wrong with that. And if you think there's something wrong with that, then that's on you. And that's an indictment of the sport and how far it still needs to come. Is there a player in baseball that could have done that same thing that would have been received differently if it was a more known name? Like an Aaron Judge for the Yankees or a Lindor for the Mets. Oh, I if they assure did it, you, would it have been different? I assure you that here, with the people listening to this show right now, Aaron Judge would have done it, and it would have been, look at that power. My God, was that majestic. Look at that body. Look at that swing. For sure. Because it would be the Yankees, and it would be their or, golden or like child. when Manny Ramirez was playing, would it just be up Manny's oh, being had, Manny? Well, maybe, maybe, but people had problems with Manny Ramirez well, as that's well. what I'm saying. Or would it be, well, he's, his pants were baggy while he did it, so I don't like Manny. Like, there's just such a personality-driven hate in sports and when we have to follow the rules. But this is a fun thing. This is something everybody should be happy with. Literally, a fat catcher threw a ball to a fat player, and he hit a bomb. I you don't have to go to your soft pitch softball league this Sunday. Yeah, you just you saw, saw it. You saw it on a major league baseball field. And I had someone uh, about a month ago, Coquel, uh, DM me and say, all you guys do is, whenever you talk about baseball, discuss why it's a dying sport. That's so lazy. All right. Well, one, I'm not the one who's declaring baseball a dying sport. But also, when we do talk baseball and when fun things happen and good things happen, and you get the reaction like you got from Bally Sports North last night, the Twins call of the home run, I don't like it, I don't like it. And you have Mike Greenberg, arguably the most recognizable sports personality in the country, declaring it Bush League on his widely nationally syndicated radio show. Probably very That's a popular. problem. Greeny, probably very popular amongst baseball fans. Yeah, I would think like so. Like out of the personalities yes. in the lineup, I yes. would think Greeny fits that baseball like, fan mold. That's a problem. That is, it, it is worth discussing what needs to be fixed about baseball when you have those two things happening within hours of one another, when this is something that should have been universally embraced as fun. Your main Mercedes was at Bush League last night, hitting a 47-mile-an-hour pitch from a catcher on 3-0 and depositing it 430 feet with his team up 15-4. Was that Bush League or was that fun? Mike Greenberg says Bush League. Bally Sports North Twins call. They say they didn't like it. Coquel and I, we're into it. We're definitely into it. Was it Bush League or was it fun? 888-760-3776. We will talk with Pat Lawler of Lawler & Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. when uh, Later on in the show, he's our sports law insider and our sports agent insider as well. But Dan Campbell. 
Detroit Lions head coach. He has an idea for practice. And man, it's weird. It is super weird. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 106.3. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. Now back to Ken and Coquel. Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell. We're trying to decide if he's the best coach in the NFL or he's just, quite honestly, the biggest dope going. Or just the worst. Not even the worst coach, just the best worst. coach or the, the worst. Yeah, like just period, the worst. He wants exotic animals at practice. We'll explain in a second. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel here on ESPN 1063. Free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Subscribe to the Ken Levick Alive podcast. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe to it, rate it, and love it. And today, it will be in your inbox. We promise you. Technical issues yesterday. I broke the computer. You broke it, but now it's fixed. It's fixed. And everything is good. And everybody else here at ESPN 106.3 is welcome as well. For us, this show, you and me fixing the problem. As always. That's what we do. That's what we do for fixers. That's right. That's that's absolutely what we do. Uh, So, Barstool, pardon my take, uh, podcast, Dan Campbell was on it yesterday. Detroit Lions head coach, former Dolphins interim head coach. You recall Dan Campbell uh, was the man who, once he took over following Joe Philbin's firing, he had on the first day of practice in the middle of the season – the Dolphins doing Oklahoma drills. That's right. An NFL team in the middle of an NFL season risking injury doing Oklahoma drills, full contact drills. It's then that I knew that Dan Campbell probably wasn't cut out to be an NFL head coach. Yet, he has somehow found a way to get another shot. And this time, as a full-time head coach, the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Well, the subject came up yesterday about Dan Campbell, who, by the way, calls himself an alpha, says he's mm. an alpha male, mm. He's an alpha man, he's big, and he's beefy, and he's muscular, and he has a lot of man things to say. Uh, they this, eat knees. Exactly. The, the subject came up about an actual lion being at Detroit Lions practice, and this is what Dan Campbell had to say yesterday on Pardon My Take. I'll tell you what I would really love to do, just in general, and I've talked to Sheila about this. I, I don't think we're going to be able to do it, but I would love to literally just have a pet lion, just a legit pet lion on a chain, a big <laughs> chain, and he just, he really is my pet. We just walk around the building. We go out to practice. We're in seven on seven. We're behind the kicker when he's kicking. On command, you could train him. Like if one of your groups isn't doing well, you could just take him over to their section and just have him take a dump right there in the middle of where their section is at. <laughs> And then bring him on back. Yes. I mean, think about it. It'd be outstanding. It would be fed well. It would be petted. It would be manicured. I might end up losing an arm because of it, but that would be even better, you know, because it would validate what this is a freaking, this is a creature now. This is an animal. This thing is, this is from the wild. Would, yes. would you give up an arm just to motivate your team? For a Super Bowl. If I said, uh, Dan Campbell, you are going to win a Super Bowl in Detroit. Yes. yes. There it is. One arm. Yes. So, Dan Campbell says he would give up an arm if the Lion were to somehow extract his arm from Dan Campbell's body. That's fine with the Super Bowl. Wasn't it Mike Vrabel who said that he would give up a, um, a, a testicle to win a Super Bowl? 
You have two of both. <laughs> it's very, very true. You know what? And I guess that's a decent question to ask. I mean, at this point in my life, being married for as long as I have been, I just take them. <laughs> but, they're, they're not my property say, to give away, but I'm sure I can get it, get it sent over Depending you. on your circumstance, what would you miss less for a Super Bowl? <laughs> your arm, one of your arms, or one of your testicles? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. So Dan Campbell's been trying to uh, track down a lion for practice. That got me thinking, though. Uh, how much would that cost, and how do you acquire a lion? But much to my, and actually not so surprising, is I Googled lion rental for a day, mm. and I got a lot of different options, including right here in South Florida. Now, it turns out, though, in South Florida, there's a lot of tigers you can rent. Lions, as, as not so much. By tire- Tiger King. Tiger King, not not Tiger King. <laughs> Tiger, Tiger King. <laughs> Tiger I, lo- I just King. love the good folks at Tiger Kingdom. Sure, absolutely. Um, but uh, I also then finally did find where you can rent lions. And I bring you to Hollywood, California. Because, of course, you need lions I would have been shocked if you said Hollywood, Florida. (laughs) Yeah, well, and I still, I didn't do that much research on this. There very well could be somewhere in Hollywood, Florida that does this. Ask me if you're a little, or or tell me if you're a little surprised by this price, though. This is Parrots for Parties. This is a company called Parrots for Parties, okay? They have a lot of exotic exotic animals. In the Los Angeles area, the typical cost to display a big cat like a tiger would be $3,500. A smaller cat like a leopard would be less, and a large male lion could be more, depending on the location and display requirements. So that suggests to me that you could get a lion for a day for like anywhere between $3,500 and $5,000. I would think a lion for a day probably would rent for a little bit more than even high-end $5,000. I was sort of surprised by that. I wonder what that entails. I guess they just bring the cage, put it in, put the lion in there, and that's it? it just sits I in there. guess. Like, do you feed it during that time? Uh, does it need... Can uh, I pet it? Probably not. I probably wouldn't recommend that. I pet a liger once. It's like a lion. Those are real mix. things, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I pet one once at a Dunkin' Donuts. Um, uh, of course I did. Really? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, had to be in Florida, right? No, it was in New York. I'm no like, oh, way. Northport, New York. Like, little town on the... They had an exotic of- animal at a Dunkin' Donuts for an appearance. And you know what, though? There's like a sketchy gas station next door, and the thing was kind of set up between, and I don't know who it was there. We were just driving by, and I grabbed my little brother, who was 11 years younger. I was 19, so he was what? You do the math. Yeah. Eight. And we just went and started petting the exotic animal. Um, so this place, uh, apparently this Parrots for Parties, they do deliver animals to the state of Florida. Okay. Uh, again, not all that surprising. But then that got me thinking about if Brian Flores wanted a dolphin at practice. Sure. And the going rate to rent a dolphin, now you would need some sort of tank, and the dolphins would have to cover that. Can't put it on a big bleeping leash? No, like no, 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 no. But sort of like Ace Ventura, where they did have an actual dolphin at Dolphins Why games. Why don't the Dolphins have a dolphin at Dolphins games? Because it's inhumane. <laughs> Probably <laughs> because it's wildly inhumane. Uh, uh, that's that. Um, All right, fine. But you could get... But it'd a, still be cool. You could get a dolphin for a day for like $1,500. That's a total steal. We might try and get a dolphin for a day here on this show yeah. if it's only $1,500. I don't know where we'd put it. No, that's true. But what would, of all the NFL teams... I want a dolphin. We should get a dolphin for yeah, a day. Yeah, I Kick agree. off the NFL season. We'll put the dolphin in here. 
We'll swim with it. We'll do a whole show. Fans can come as long as they pay for the dolphin because we don't have any money. <laughs> what are the? Yeah, we're not paying yeah, for so that. If you guys want to donate money, DM me on Twitter. I'll give you my cash app. Yeah. I swear, it'll go right to the dolphin. What are? What would be the most imposing creature to have at practice of all NFL teams? Would it be the Lions? Bears are pretty scary. Oh, yeah, good call. Bears. And have you ever seen on YouTube... 49ers are really scary. <laughs> have you ever seen on YouTube any of those commercials uh, that go wrong where there's someone uh, who is standing next to a bear and the bear turns around and just attacks the person, clubs it right in the face? It's happened with tigers as well. Uh, like the Bengals, that's scary as well. That's a tiger. Lions, Bengals, and Bengal tigers are they're big. They're big. They're really big. Jaguars. Good call. The Jaguars. You cannot trust a Jaguar. Well, you can see them like just in your backyard around here. I That's feel like. a great point. Um, uh, Panthers. Panthers. You can see them here. Yeah. We got a lot. Florida's a scary place, man. Yeah, for sure. I saw on, on YouTube or on one of the social media things that you kids are on. I saw a gator walking through a Wendy's in Florida. That was pretty cool. <laughs> you know, going to get a. Spicy chicken sandwich like that's and a gator Tuesday. pulls up. That's just Tuesday, man. <laughs> like, I don't, why did they move here? Yeah. But like, Sharks? Are there, is there a shark team? No. Is there a no shark, shark in hockey still? San Jose Sharks? Is that still a thing? Or has that not been a thing yeah. for a long time? Yeah, they're still, oh, yeah, so there's a shark they're still around. But I'm talking about just like NFL. I'm talking oh. about in the NFL. Like, you know, you've got the Colts. It's a horse. That's fine. I'm sure there's plenty of horses in Indianapolis you could go show up to a practice. Patriots have been nothing. pretty scary lately. <laughs> I see what you did there. An outlook on the United States of America. What? Dicey decision, what? but an accurate observation. What would be, uh, based on Dan Campbell, <laughs> what would you rather give up for a Super Bowl? Dan Campbell says it are. Mike Vrabel said a testicle. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And also, what would be the most imposing creature of all the NFL mascots to actually have live at a practice? This after the Lions, Dan Campbell, is trying to get an actual lion out at practice and says, hey, if he takes my arm, it's okay. He is such a, I mean, he is just such a meathead, right? Like he, he's, he's the biggest meathead in NFL coaching history. As a former high school football coach, I've been known to get into the meatheadedness of it all. Oh, I've seen it. But, like, <laughs> that's absurd. He's yeah. just so dumb. Yeah. He's so cliche. He's the fact fun. that they giggle and laugh at him gets me more mad, too. Because now I'm mad at the coach, and then I'm mad at the radio guy. Like, it's both of my worlds just being the absolute yeah. worst of both of my you're worlds. Go, you're, you've had to deal with baseball's unwritten rules, and now you've got to go with, like, Ultraman NFL head coach. And meathead. then people giggling at the meatheadness. Like, oh, just, just is it going to take your perpetuating, arm? <laughs> <laughs> perpetuating the entire thing. So, Dan. Dan, what we're looking out up? for you. What would you give up? You yourself. For your mm. favorite team to win. Are you giving up an arm or are you giving up one of your guys? One of your little guys down there. Buy one of my guys. You get rid of one of the guys? Yeah. I'm telling you, I think it's an age thing. Like I've got the two kids already. It might actually you be have to ask better. me first. No, I don't think so, actually. I think if I said, hey. <laughs> she would pick. I know Stacy, my wife. I was going to say. Like, if, if, she'd be like, it's BOGO. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of them both. If someone called my wife right now and said, hey, we need to take one of your father's. Uh, one of your Father, father's. Wait, what? Whoa, that was whoa, weird. That took a weird turn. Right? Yeah, that was not great. Um, if you had to take one of your, <laughs> your, your husband's boys and the Dolphins would win the Super Bowl, she wouldn't even hesitate. She'd say, do it and get it done by tonight. <laughs> 
I told you, my wife would say BOGO. You oh, can have them both. Man. Buy one, get one. 888 <laughs> Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. He will join us next, uh, and we will ask him about baseball's unwritten rules, not to mention uh, one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in the NFL. We had a player from Austin P who ended up going to uh, the Atlanta Falcons training facility, and it turns out he didn't have a tryout. Mm. He was scammed, and it's really sad, but also I'm not real sure how they would have gotten away with that, how he didn't do his due diligence, but I also don't fully know the process. A man who does is our sports agent insider, Pat Lawler of Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. And again, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, if you have a slip and fall, if you are part of a personal injury suit, you got to get what's yours. You've got to make sure that you take care of yourself. And there is a group of people, and one man in particular, who wants to work for you. He has the passion to do so. It's Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. The consultation is free. He will listen to you. He will get the full story, and he'll come up with a plan to get you what you deserve, the compensation that you deserve. Personal injury, slip and fall, any sort of accident, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com wanttolawyerup.com for your free consultation. Pat joins us next. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick live on ESPN 106.3. Just a couple of moments away from Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys, our sports agent insider, our sports law insider. He joins us every Tuesday here on ESPN 106.3. And again, for a free consultation, slip and fall, accident, get the compensation that you deserve with Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com. Hey, get the COVID-19 vaccine to save lives. Let's make it our calling to overcome the pandemic. Join Florida's top healthcare systems in the fight against COVID-19. Hey, if we do this now, we protect ourselves, our loved ones, and every other person around the globe. Coquel and I are proudly fully vaccinated for COVID-19. He's more of a Moderna man. I'm a Pfizer club. Learn more at OurShotToSaveLives.org. OurShotToSaveLives.org. And this message is brought to you by Cleveland Baptist Health South Florida, Broward Health, Cleveland Clinic Florida, Lee Health, Memorial Healthcare System, NCH Healthcare System, and Nicholas Children's Health System. Let's go now to a man that has all the answers. He is our insider in sports agent talk in sports law. It is Pat Lawler of Lawler and Associates Personal Injury Attorneys. Pat, before we really dive in here, uh, what we started the show with was uh, your mean Mercedes, the White Sox slugger, uh, facing a catcher last night. Uh, a 3-0 pitch with the White Sox up 15-4, to and he took a green light on a 3-0, 47-mile-an-hour EFIS pitch and deposited 430 feet to straightaway center field. The Twins TV broadcast predictably didn't like it. They were upset. Mike Greenberg called it Bush League today. You're someone who has a son playing collegiate baseball right now. You're tuned into baseball. Was it Bush League or just fun? What happened last night with your mean Mercedes in Minneapolis? Ken, that's been happening for years. I see it as fun. I mean, I mean, you got guys like Jose Canseco coming in to pitch and other guys coming in to pitch. You're going to throw somebody a pitch, they're going to rip it. I mean, uh, Mercedes is killing the ball this year. I think it's just for fun. 
they got to stop taking it too seriously. There was no Bush League about it. Um, you know, it was just something they throw a 47, they're going to hit it. Yep, absolutely. I, I loved the, uh, it, it just looked like uh, beer league softball. It, it, the visuals of it are absolutely outstanding because they're also not the most uh, svelte players uh, that, that, that were participating in this last night. I want to ask you about the process of, and this is a, a little bit of agent talk to start here, the process of tryouts or rookie minicamp as well. We had a situation where Juantarius Bryant, formerly at Austin P, was scammed. Someone who he believed was the defensive coordinator for the Falcons reached out to him. He believed that he had a tryout or had been invited to Atlanta rookie minicamp, and when he arrived, he wasn't on the list, and it turned out that someone, and they don't know yet, had been impersonating the defensive coordinator and had wronged him. It's a tragic story. You feel extremely badly for the young man, but what is the typical process with that, and how could that have happened to somebody? Well, if you had somebody who knew what was going on, it never would have happened. Well, first of all, right after the draft, you sign undrafted free agents. Rookies, they are set to come to minicamp. You get an itinerary, you get uh, housing and hotel and other information, and you usually deal with a personnel uh, representative. Now, this young man, I feel so bad, but he gets a call from the D.C. That usually never happens. Yeah. Secondly, they would have, his agent should have immediately called up and said, hey, is this legit? Because they would have sent him uh, the information on the tryout as well as uh, a waiver to participate in the tryout. None of that took place. This is like going to one of those third-rate tryouts that they do uh, for CFL or something like that. So it's sad that it happened to him, and I believe based on what happened, he might get a tryout with somebody now. You know, it's, it, it's, it's drawn attention to him, so... I hope he does because, you know, it's sad to see somebody go through that, but it never should have happened. Yeah, and I feel like he becomes a case study for a lot of players, especially the lower levels of college football. You've got to know who you're conversing with and have to be intelligent to the process because, and that's why you need people in your corner. That's why I do think agents probably, Pat, are so supremely important because there has to be a conduit between the two. Well, he had an agent. I looked it up, and I'm like, how did this agent not know? And then he's perplexed the agent on how this possibly could happen. I don't think he's been in football a lot because yeah. it's a very simple process. You just don't show up. You get all types of documentation before you go to a, a trial for a minicamp. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Pat has been an NFL agent for some of the biggest names in the game. Also, a man who is tuned into and studied sports law. And uh, I want to discuss college football here. And this is how you and I initially met, was through FAU football many, many years ago. But reading something the other day, there is a concern, at least amongst the Power 5 schools, about some of these schools being woefully behind when it comes to the percentage of players on a roster that are vaccinated. In fact, Ole Miss, to this point, is at like 15 to 16% of its roster. That could prove to be problematic um, come fall, and we could be replaying starts and stops and starts and stops and COVID outbreaks if this doesn't happen. Can colleges mandate vaccinations for its student-athletes? How is this going to work? Well, they are. I mean, there's schools, Notre Dame, Boston College just instituted. The problem is, uh, particularly in Florida, our governor passed a law that you cannot mandate vaccinations to go to certain uh, events and situations. We have public schools. So you can't mandate that a football player in a public school here in Florida 
have to be vaccinated in order to participate. I mean, they tried to do the vaccinations at Nova University, and that was backed off by the university. But, yeah, you can mandate it. I mean, Ken, it's, look at the Yankees. Yeah. They got the Johnson & Johnson. They're being, you know, uh, inundated with the virus now, although I don't think there's any symptoms, which is the goal of the virus. We're not right. going to get into that. Right, but, right, right. You know, the SEC is going to see itself in deep trouble if they don't get these young men and the coaching staff vaccinated because you hit it right on the head. I mean, they may test positive because they're going to continue to test come fall and yeah. there's going to be a lot of asymptomatic positive tests which are going to throw it right back where we were last year it's ridiculous do they have a better chance because i i'm from new york and i went to school a state school in new york but they're mandating it there for all students is that the better approach the colleges need to take like all students have together rather than just going after just the teams absolutely unless you have a medical there's no i'm, I'm a big pro vaccine guy there's no justification for not having an entire population at a school vaccinated because it saves so many hassles. And I mean, some people may not want it for personal reasons or medical. I understand that, but I think you hit it right on the head that it has to be mandated for every student, every staff. If you step on campus, you need to show that you're vaccinated. Yeah. And if they want a college football season that is going to be all 12 weeks and it's going to be full stands, because you know, Pat, that we're going to be pretty much every stadium in the country, 100% capacity. This is something that, that just has to happen. And, yes, the testing is going to take place, and there will be positives. But it also, too, the whole point of this is to keep people from getting seriously ill and keeping them on the field and keeping this whole thing rolling. And so it's just I, I am surprised at how far behind some of these, these schools are, and you just hope they've got really, what, nine weeks at this point to get it done. So a lot of these schools need to to get moving. As we talk with Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys, again, wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com. Pat hangs out with us every Tuesday. He's our sports agent and sports law insider. Uh, Mark Emmert, the newly paid president of the NCAA, says, all right, well, we'll have name, image, and likeness guidelines. We should have those by July 1st. This seems like now this is him throwing up the white flag saying we give up. We know this is reality, but it also begs the question, man, how many student athletes missed out on an opportunity with name, image, and likeness because of how stubborn Emmert and the NCAA were fighting against this? Well, it it took the court system to set them straight. The problem, though, here, Ken, is I've been following uh, all of the uh, legislative means in Congress, the the House and the Senate, and the various bills that are put forward, and nothing's going to happen there, which is a shame. Because Mark Emmer is going to, they're going to put out, they have a meeting tomorrow to Division One Council. They're going to put out some uh, guidelines, but they're going to be pro-NCAA. They're not going to be the type of uh, guidelines to benefit the student-athletes, particularly collective bargaining. One mm-hmm. of the things I talked about is, as you have in the NFL, you have collective bargaining with EA Sports, with sports cards, and you should be able to do the same thing with college players. Uh, but that's a whole other animal when you do a collective bargaining and licensing agreements. So he's going to set a precedent up there, and it's going to be very pro-NCAA, and you're going to see lawsuits right off the bat. I was just going to ask you, There, it seems like there's going to be a lot more court setting to come uh, with this entire thing. Just remember this, Ken, is the NCAA is an organization. It's not a legislative body. And the states, or seven states, well, six states that have it mandated to go into effect in July 1. So if the NCAA comes up with, uh, with guidelines that are inconsistent with the states, uh, the states are going to trump. So you're once again going to have what they fear, like the state of Florida, 
has better, uh, you know, laws than Alabama, et cetera. This is a huge, huge uh, recruiting tool. Yeah. Huge. Yep. You have no idea how big it's going to be in years to come. Yeah, it, it really, truly is. And Georgia has passed a law, but uh, it looks like schools are going to receive a high percentage of what athletes would make off of name, image, and likeness. Georgia Tech said, no, 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 no. We're not going to be a part of that. University of Georgia, they have said, oh, yeah, we're going to go along with that law. So the variations are going to be fascinating. But you're right, Florida gets a huge advantage with this when it comes to recruiting. And, man, there is going to be a lot of litigation to be had. Pat, you're the best, my friend. I appreciate you. And uh, I'm glad we're on the same spectrum of uh, bringing baseball back to being fun instead of being angry at unwritten rules. I, uh, I'm glad we're on the same page with that. We may disagree on Tebow, but we agree on baseball. And that's all that matters. Time will tell, Ken. Time will tell. <laughs> Pat Lawler, Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys. Go to wanttolawyerup.com, wanttolawyerup.com for your personal injury issues. Again, slip and fall, any accident. Lawler and Associates, personal injury attorneys, wanttolawyerup.com. Hey, you're out Sunday, Coquel, at Stormhouse Brewing uh, in North Palm, just a half mile south of PGA on US 1. It opens, grand opening is Thursday. You got a little sneak peek on Sunday. The only, I mean, it is so rare to see, but in North County, the only craft brewery with a food menu. I mean, straight up, you can sit down, you can eat, and you can enjoy your delicious craft beer. How was it? Well, that's the crazy part about it, Ken, is I'm not a brewery type of guy. I normally just get whatever beer and go somewhere. But I walked in, you know, I was actually hesitant, which is, I probably shouldn't be saying it. I was hesitant going. But first of all, I walk up and you just look at the place. It's, it's gorgeous, massive, right? And it's gorgeous. Yeah. Then I go in there. I'm like, uh-oh, it's going to be like a typical brewery. I don't know if I'm going to love it. I walk in, TVs everywhere, spaced mm-hmm. out. It was like an amazing sports bar experience. So I was like, all right, well, I'll try one of these beers. And I got their coffee stout. And again, I'm normal like a plain bottle of beer guy. It was delicious. Yeah. I ended up ordering another one and then another one. And then my wife made fun of me when I got home because I kept ordering them because they were, they were just so good. And I don't normally drink that. So then I got hungry. And then I look and I have full menu. Full, I got cheese pierogies, delicious. The burger was awesome. I pigged out. The place is great. Yep. And again, I'm not a brewery guy, but this is a brewery, a sports bar. It's got everything you need and a full menu. And and I could trick my family into going because it's got a full kids menu. <laughs> there's there's legit, and this is no joke. I mean, the way that Coquel just laid it out is perfect. There is something for everybody. It's Stormhouse Brewing. Again, the grand opening is Thursday. Crystal Cove Commons, North Palm Beach, just south of PGA, about a half mile on US 1. You cannot miss it. I'm telling you, it is huge. It has indoor seating, outdoor seating, all of the big screen TVs, any sport for any fan. Like, this thing's a palace, man. They're going to have seven different beers displayed. This just this weekend yep. already ready for you to go that are made right in, right in in house. By the way, a master brewer over there at Stormhouse Brewing that studied in Germany as yep. well. If I have a uh, master brewer, I want a guy who did all of his learning in Germany. The guy is so good at what he does. That coffee stout. Yeah, I got a little sneak peek and uh, hung out with him for a little bit. You know, oh, a little Kalavik alive, special one-on-one one on treatment man. there. I'll take it. How about you? You're living large. Stormhouse Brewing. Again, check him out. A craft brewery with a full menu. What That's a concept. Awesome. It opens Thursday. Crystal Cove Commons, North Palm Beach, just south of PGA. Below. Again, and I want to stress for sports fans out there, too. They're going to have soccer. They're going to have yep. baseball. They're going to have hockey. They're going to have the NFL ticket. They're going to have everything for you. Whatever sporting event you want, you can watch it there, and there's plenty of room to watch it. Yep. I have a quandary. I have a place where I'm going tonight where I'm going to be networking and seeing people, and 
I'm not sure if we're allowed to handshake anymore. We'll talk mm. about that next. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Ken Levick Alive. Best show in Palm Beach County that you can listen to between noon and one. I mean, really, <laughs> there's no other show between noon and one that I would advise anyone listening to other than Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel on ESPN 106.3. Truly is nice of Evan to give us such a ringing endorsement. Really appreciate it. Did you see Jeanette too tweeting out? She tweeted out at Jeanette and Juice, Jeanette Javier of Evan Gone, that we're the best show on the station. Wow. Wow, they are really going out of their way for us. Wow. I, I am very Big appreciative fans. of Big them, fans. for sure. Maybe and, leave and, a little autograph for them in the studio. I mean, honestly, what's not to love about us? That's I'm true. Ken Levicka. He's Coquel. Ken Levicka Live featuring Coquel here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, I got a massive wake-up call at a, uh, a networking event last week, and I'm back at the networking thing tonight because I don't know if we're allowed to handshake anymore. I don't know if that's a thing, and I actually got called out. Uh, on it as well. I'll explain in a second, but hey, Ken Levick Alive is uh, brought to you by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Dr. Jim Reardon has put together a whole list of featured speakers for his summer courses. We're talking about some of the biggest names in the sports industry, people that live it, they breathe it, they work it, they've succeeded in it, and they're about to give first-hand knowledge. This is how you learn about the sports industry, and this is what guides you into the sports industry. Hey, I can sit here and talk about it, but the track record of success is there for the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Putting students in the sports industry at the local level, college athletics, in the pros. I mean, how many times have we talked about the last couple of weeks uh, someone with uh, an MBA in sport management from FAU working for the Panthers or the Dolphins or the Palm Beach County Sports Commission or Florida Atlantic itself. The proof is there. Dr. Jim Reardon, he has that program rolling. Find out more, and if you want to get into sports, if you've been dreaming about it, this is how you do it. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. FAU.edu slash MBA sport. So, Coquel, one of the things I do, especially with my role as the play-by-play voice of Florida Atlantic, is I um I do a lot of things in the southern portion of Palm Beach County, especially in the, the Boca area. And I was at a breakfast last week, just a typical networking breakfast with some of the movers and shakers in the Boca area. And I have not been to one of these since pre-pandemic. It mm-hmm. has been a while. And so I thought that I had broken myself of this, but my initial reaction upon seeing people again unleashed into the wild once again after getting fully vaccinated was to start putting out my hand for handshakes. Mm. And the first two people I did that to, one hesitated, did it. The other one just full-fledged went in. But then there was a woman who worked for an insurance agency down in Boca who just started some small talk with, oh, how long you been here? Who are you with? And I went to shake her hand and she goes, oh, oh, are we, are we doing that? And I immediately turn red like flush you know you feel that yep. like that hot the feeling in your face yeah i'm like i'm so embarrassed and we we definitely did an awkward like fist bump but no handshake now, and now i'm i'm sort of like affected by that do you think that's because of covid and the pandemic or just her being a woman <laughs> and you being you i don't know no because i i, I mean <laughs> you know i can i'm looking at you right now ken you're a great guy great personality but if i'm a woman i'm gonna be like eee! 
I'm not shaking your hand. Yeah, but I'm also a diminutive, like non-threatening, uh, dopey-looking guy. You got that beard going. You got, I didn't even recognize you last week because you had too many muscles. I didn't know that was you walking across. I the, know. So I mean, you might be just be intimidating these days. Maybe, but that definitely threw me off. Yeah, and we're now, not tonight. Tonight, I've got two different networking events, and I don't know how to handle this. Do I just? Bow. Do I just, well, what am I doing? Do I just throw out the fist bump? Do I bow? Do I do nothing and just say hello and awkwardly put my hand in the air? But how? Like, what do I do here? Our handshake's dead. I, I, I'm just, I, I need a little bit of guidance. Uh, we've got a very small amount of time. You can tweet at me at KLV1063 with this, but you can call as well, 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, just a simple yes or no. Our handshake's dead. Yes. Are we handshaking anymore? You think that it's rest in they peace? They should have been dead a long time ago. Why do you want to touch someone else's hand? Well, it's a sign of, of, of respect. It's a sign of intimacy. It's, hey, I appreciate you. That's what a handshake means. Why not bow? Why I mean, not they do in give, some cultures. So why not that? Why do we have to touch and spread germs? Think about all the lack of sickness that's been spread during COVID because people are wearing masks. You don't catch as many normal germs. We should all just stay away from each other. Don't touch each <laughs> For other. all time. Yes. The handshake should be, this should be the, retired. Like when we get fully out of this pandemic, when everybody gets vaccinated and everybody it's done and we get herd immunity or whatever it is, however you want the pandemic to go away, uh-huh. it magically disappears on a date that someone chooses. Sure. Whatever it is. Why are we handshake? Just bow. So Just be done. You think that I should introduce bowing? Like, and I, I am, I have before been like, hey, I appreciate you, and I do a bow. Like, should I just do that for introductions now? Yes. All right, then I'm going to do that tonight at these networking events. No handshakes. I will simply bow. What happens though if someone sticks their hand out at me? Smack it away. No, because I'm still touching their hand. With the back of your hand. <laughs> That's still the same thing. It's still a hand, man. That doesn't change How anything. How flexible are you? Can I you just, do you have the ability to lift to your leg kick up and hand? kick their hand away? I just don't want it to be awkward if someone reaches out their hand. I'm going to take it on a person-by-person basis. If I don't see an initial movement with someone else's hand, I will not be the first person to stick out my hand. Right here, I got it in front of me, a box of latex gloves. Bring them, put one on, someone shakes your hand right in front of their face, oh. take the glove off, and drop. Don't even... Just drop it on the ground that's in front just, of them and be like, that's your germs. You take that to the trash. That's just so... I'm not going to like rub their nose in it like a dog. That's just cumbersome. No, they have I'll, to I'll, learn. I'll bow. I'll bow. And I'll, I'll Unless, see how it goes. If it's a potential partner for the show, hug them. <laughs> Get whatever they got. Oh, It's just... It's weird because I think there are plenty of people that still want a handshake. And I don't love handshake. But I was surprised by my initial reaction was to handshake. I will bow tonight and I will not be the first person to at least stick out a hand in a handshake. And if they stick out their hand, just go the fist because then you're at least giving in. Okay, gotcha. So I'm not embarrassing them and there's going to be some contact. And make the joke like, oh, I don't know what we're supposed to be doing, but like clearly that's your way of saying like, (laughs) get your dirty, grimy, disease-ridden fingers away from it. Well, that's good guidance. I actually... That's good. All right. All right. I'm going to bring the bow out tonight and see if that works. I'll report back tomorrow on uh, my findings as I return. I venture back into social settings. Uh, Very rare for me, even in a non-pandemic, but now coming out of a pandemic. Oh, boy. It's it's not comfortable. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, he's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. And don't forget to listen to the podcast and download it. We've been live on ESPN 106.3. Bye.